Blog Talk Radio. Mary had a little cancer. 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 No cancer left in my body. Today is January 7th of 2024. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Y prospero año y felicidad. In whatever language you would like it. Um, I'm sorry, I seem a little rushed because I lost my AirPods. I literally just had them in my hand so that I could start the show, and I have no clue what the hell happened to them. So um, hopefully everyone can hear me well. Uh, I don't have myself on speaker, so hopefully I am not echoing. Um, we've been gone for quite a while. It's been whew, probably a few months, um, a couple of months we haven't done a show. And uh, I, I picked up a, um, a part-time job to make some extra money, of course, for the Christmas season. And kind of got sucked into that, so I was working every Sunday, and I've fixed that situation, so that way they don't have me on the schedule on Sunday, so I'll be able to be here to do my show um, and to have my therapy sessions, because I've noticed, if if you guys, were, if anybody uh, remembers, I've always said that, like, this is my therapy, right? Um, and I almost feel like without having been doing the show for the last couple of months, that uh, I need, I definitely needed to get back on and continue my therapy because again, this is my therapy. Oh my gosh, can you? Does, does anybody else have this problem with like old age? I don't know what it is. I'm 49 and I I can't I lose shit. You know what? I just found my AirPods. Ooh, isn't God great? I'm telling you. I I mean, if I put my stuff down for two seconds and go off to do something else. I have such attention deficit disorder that, you know, if my head wasn't attached to my shoulders, I would probably, uh, I would lose. Okay, so I'm on my AirPods. Hopefully everybody can hear me. I'm going to get on the chat room and open that up in a minute. Shirley, if you're listening, um, if you can just text me and let me know if you can hear me just like I did for you this morning on your show. Um we have so much to cover and so much to talk about. I almost don't even know where to start. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll kind of just start with, you know, where I'm at. Um, 
I'm still here in uh, in Madison, Alabama, Huntsville, Huntsville, Madison, all the same shit. Uh, I'm still here in this area. I plan on staying uh, for a bit. I actually just uh, applied for another apartment. I had applied for an apartment a few months ago, and uh, they said it was available, but then for some reason the the management said that, you know, it uh, they had to have it cleaned out and they couldn't find anybody to clean it out. There were a couple of apartments available, and they just now started working on them. So I went ahead and found another apartment and got approved for it on Friday. Uh, Move-in should be March 17th, so hopefully – uh, that will all go well and all go as planned. But if you want to make God laugh, make plans, right? Because I, um, I'm going to try to not say um in this show. <laughs> that was a goal of mine, and it doesn't seem to be going very well because I'm always saying um. So if you want to make God laugh, make plans, because I was so ready last week and the week before to do this show, and I had made plans, everything was up, it was ready to go, except for blog talk. So the last two shows that we did schedule, just so everybody knows, was an issue with blog talk, and I do apologize about that, but unfortunately that is not in my control. Uh, Doing this show, I'm at the behest of blog talk. So all of those things seem to be uh, fixed and rectified as of now, and let's just hope and pray that they stay that way. So, okay, so uh, moving into uh, my own place, because right now, of course, I'm rooming with my sister. I've been rooming with her for almost a year, and it is about time for me to move on and have my own space again. I'm excited about that. I've already started looking at furniture. I've started looking at not just furniture, but like furnishings. I don't know what you would call that, uh, de- uh, decorative items, things that I can put up on the walls and stuff like that because I saw the apartment on Friday. Excuse me, I'm trying to put my hoodie on. I'm going to go outside. Of course, everybody knows that I love to be outside, and it's very cold out, so put my hoodie on, and we're going to take this show outside. And I'm going to actually drive to my office so that I can grab my laptop because I left it at work so I can pull up the chat room just in case anybody's in there. So that's where things are right now uh, with just, you know, trying to get things together to move. Um, There we go again with that um word, with that, that um thing. I'm also still working part-time. I had taken a part-time job. Uh, well, I'm working full-time, of course, and then I'm also working part-time. So I had taken <laughs> I had taken a part-time job at BJ's. They opened up a BJ's Wholesale Club here in Madison, Alabama, the first BJ's Wholesale Club to open up in the whole state of Alabama. And they did great their opening day. They probably did great their opening their few their couple of the few first weeks of opening. They did fabulous. Oh, I'm so sorry with that. You're gonna hear my door close. So I apologize. So they did really well. 
but they didn't have the right people in the right places, and they're suffering for that now because they're super slow, which is how I was able to get Sundays off. And basically, I mean, I told them I can't work on Sundays, so that's just not going to happen. Whether you want to give it to me off or not, I won't be here. (laughs) Uh, I need at least one full day off from work to, A, do my show, and, B, get my stuff ready for the rest of the week. Because, you know, having one, if, if any of you work two jobs, you know what it's like to have no days off or just have one day off, and it's a lot. It can be very taxing. So I don't want to do that to my body, my mind, um, because I'll, I'll end up getting frustrated, and that, you know, will, that'll show in how I feel uh, mentally and how I feel physically as well. Okay, so we covered so I'm getting an apartment. Um, football. Uh, one of the things I, one of the other things I do want to talk about was uh, football, because of course we're at the end of the season here, and uh, who won last night? The Texans. I did. I watched. I didn't watch. I haven't watched a whole lot of football because again I've been working. So I didn't have time to watch that. But I do love football. Uh, The Texans won last night against the Colts, so the Colts are out. Uh, They both played a really good game. It was kind of, you know, back and forth the whole time, so it was a good game to watch. Um, That quarterback for the Texans, I forget the kid's name, but he's got a good arm, I think, um, you know, I, I think he's uh, he's definitely a rising star, I believe, if he continues to play like he played last night. And uh, so we'll see. We'll watch him. Um, of course, my Giants are out. Play. Okay. We play Philly today. And so our division, so it's the Giants the Eagles, the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Washington Commanders, but I call them the the Washington Redskins. That's who they are to me. They'll always be that. And then uh, Dallas Cowboys. So we all, our last, this is basically, I believe this is going to be our uh, January 7th. Now we probably have another game or two after this. Uh, No, this, this might be it for us. So we play divisional our whole division is playing a divisional game today. And what that means is the New York Giants play against the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington Commanders play against Dallas Cowboys. It doesn't matter any of these games in our division. Well, for the Cowboys and Philly, important because they're running neck and neck. I think Philly is 11-5 and five or 11-4, and four, and the Cowboys are 11-5. and five. So that's 16, 17. They play 17 games a year. So we probably have one more game after this, and then that'll be it for the season um, as far as regular games. We should go right into playoffs after this. So it doesn't matter what the Giants do because they suck. They suck ass. I was asked the other day, 
by somebody from Long Island because, you know, we were talking about me being from New York and they're from Long Island. And, of course, they're Jets and Mets fans. And, you know, he said to me, are you, you know, what are you? Are you Jets or Giants? And I was like, oh, no, I'm totally Giants. I was like, everybody from Long Island is a freaking Jets fan. I'm not a Jets fan. Uh, I just never could claim that. But it wouldn't matter because both teams suck anyway. I should have just moved over to be a Buffalo Bills fan because, of course, they're doing great. Uh, That's going to be a big game. The Bills game is going to be a big game. So I'm excited to see who wins that. I am, of course, rooting for the Bills. Uh, There's a lot of good games on today. And I'll be watching some of those games after the show. Uh, I started watching some of one of the games just a few minutes ago, but I have no idea what's going on in it. So football season is, is coming, you know, it's coming to a close end. February will be the Super Bowl. I normally every year make picks of who I think is going to go into the playoffs and then who I think is going to win the playoffs and who I think is going to win the Super Bowl. And I will be making those picks after today's games, right? So moving forward, I'll have picks. I don't know. I guess I just didn't do it this year because I was probably just too busy doing other stuff. So I never did do it. Uh, But I – Every year I was doing this, and I'm really good at doing football picks for whatever reason. I'm no expert, but for whatever reason I've been, for the most part, my picks have been on point. So if any of you gamble on football, you might want to give me a call, and I'll give you my picks. If you win, we got to split, though. I I mean, I'll take a a third. You take 66%, I'll take 33%. We'll do it that way. Um, so, yeah, so, okay, so football is coming to an end. Basketball, important basketball season for me, anyway, will be starting in a couple of months, which I'm super excited about that because everybody knows, even from last year's shows, I, I love basketball, too. The Golden State Warriors are my team. Uh, so we'll see what happens, uh, what's going to be happening in upcoming games and see what's going to happen in uh in the important games towards the end of the season. They play too many damn games for me to watch the entire season. It's just it's too much. I don't even know how much of a break they get or if they get a break. They play a hundred and some games or some shit. So things I wanted to talk about were, um, of course, uh, my breast cancer. Uh, for those of you that don't know, And for, you know, any kind of first-time joiners or anything, of course, my name is Mary Hopkins. Again, you are on the Mary Had a Little Cancer show. Um, And I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer in December of 2021 and uh, opted out of chemo and radiation and had... uh, a partial mastectomy done in March of 2022. The cancer then came back. Another tumor grew, and I was re-diagnosed in November of uh, 2023, right? Was it 2023? What year? We're in 20. I'm so confused with the new year. So we're, no, in 2022, 
in November of 2022, I was re-diagnosed again. And then in January of 2023, uh, well, two two days ago, two days from now, it'll be one year since my last partial mastectomy. So same breast cancer came back in the same breast, which is the right breast, uh, in November of 2022. And then I had that removed in January of 2020, January 9th of 2023. And have not had any reoccurrences since that I know of. Uh, and finding a doctor out here in Alabama because I, I really, you know, I never had a doctor out here. Um, I had finished all my stuff in um, in Virginia before I moved out here. So as soon as I get some new scans and stuff, I'll be giving those updates because I do need to go and have those done. Um, I'm way behind. And to be quite frank with you, okay, so this is my journey through breast cancer, right? So I'm going to talk about this. Um, I should have had a six-month follow-up. I don't recommend this. This is my story. I don't recommend anything that I did for myself to anyone else because everyone's cancer and everyone's story and everyone's life is different. It's their own. So this is my story. For those of you that are listening, I'm not trying to give people advice, tell you what to do, tell you what not to do, don't follow in my footsteps. If there's something that you can take and learn from, take it and leave the rest. Man, that was that when I said that take it and leave the rest, that's something that really brought me back, but I'll I'll talk about that in a minute if I don't forget. Take what you can get and leave the rest. That's kinda of how I looked at my journey through this breast cancer. Was I took what I could and I left the rest because eighty percent of it was you know, eighty percent of information was completely irrelevant. Uh, or 80% of emotions and feelings and things like that were never going to help me. So I took 20% if that's what the percentage was, and I ran with it. So it's been, January 9th will be a year since I had my last, had a follow-up with my doctor, with my breast surgeon, probably, February, in the beginning of February of last year, and I have not been back to the doctor since. And I keep saying that I need to go, I need to go, I need to go. I don't want to go. And I don't know if there's anybody else out here that has had any type of cancer or any type of illness where they had to go and go to multiple doctor's appointments for an extended period of time and be poked and prodded. I just, I don't want to go back and do that. I honestly don't. There is a part of me that's like, you know what? If the cancer has come back, whatever. But then there's a part of me that's like, "Mm, you can't really say that, Mayor, because you keep telling people, you know, if you find it early and get done whatever it is that you're going to get done, whether you're going to go to chemo, radiation, go the natural route like I did, uh, and just, you know, natural and surgery. You should, again, I don't, this is not advice to anyone. Don't let it go. Don't follow what I'm currently doing because I have let it go 
I'm six months behind right now. Since I'm a year out, so I'm six months behind. I should have got a follow-up uh, six months ago. And I'm terrified. I don't want to go back. I don't want to know if I have, if, if the cancer is back. I don't even want to know. Again, there's a part of me that doesn't want to know. I'm so on the fence. I've got one foot on one side and one foot on the other side, and I just haven't figured it out yet, right? And the part of me that doesn't want to know is the part of me that doesn't, that is so terrified that it has come back. Part doesn't want to go back and be poked and prodded and test after test. Thanks, Charlie. I see you. I'm glad you can hear me. Um, I don't want to go back and be poked and prodded and tested and all this other stuff. Okay, cool. If you call in, just hit the one when you're ready, and I'll um, I'll let you in. I'm sorry. There's just a little sidebar with Shirley. Uh, she's texting me one of the listeners, one of one of my friends, and one of my listeners. So again, I I don't want to go through all of that stuff, but I know that my life is important enough to do it, right? So I just have to stop procrastinating. I have to figure out you know, the root, obviously I figured out the root of my procrastination is I don't want to know if the cancer is back because I guess I'm just definitely afraid that it is. And then if it is, are we going to do more surgery? Because I'm not doing chemo. I'm not doing radiation. I don't even want to have... Actually, one of the things I did want to talk about is, uh, and this will, you know, I can kind of tie this in, obviously, having a mammogram done. Most of us, I mean, when we go and have mammograms, for those of us that are having mammograms done, I had done some, uh, a, a girlfriend of mine that went through breast cancer sent me this article about sonograms. And um, and I, I read the article, and then I had done some research on my own. And when you go and get – if you already have damaged cells in your breast, and you go and have a sonogram done – I mean, not a sonogram, a, a mammogram, rather. I apologize. If you go and have a mammogram done – if you've never had one, listen. If you have had one, listen to the, you know, both listen. But if you have had one, you know what I'm talking about when I explain how it feels and what they do. They basically, they take your boobs and they slap them up on this plastic piece that's attached to this machine, and then they maneuver it and they squish it. They bring this thing down on it, this uh, piece down on it, and it squishes your your breath really tight, and then they have you, you know, you have to hold your breath, and they take these pictures, these x-rays or whatever they are. To me, they're just like x-rays. And they are giving out radiation. When I read read this article, and then I had done some research, When I had gone originally to get my first ever mammogram, it was 14 months before I found 
my breast cancer, that the doctors told the oncologist told me that that breast cancer would have been growing in my body for at least seven years. The mammogram, the first mammogram I had ever done was 14 months before my cancer diagnosis. I didn't have any breast cancer that showed in that mammogram. There was nothing. And it definitely would have showed because it wasn't like it was all the way inside. My particular breast cancer was growing out. It wasn't growing in. So it wasn't like it would have been difficult for the images. I do have larger breasts. They are, uh, I think they call them like when you have fatty tissue, a lot of fatty tissue in the breast, dense breasts, right? So it was right on the surface. In my in my milk duct, but it was on, it wasn't growing inward. It was like it was growing outward. So why that mammogram didn't pick it up if it had been growing for seven years? So now I'm reading this article, and I'm going okay. And and it's not like that tumor was huge, right? That tumor was like two and a half centimeters or whatever it was. I, I don't remember the exact, but it wasn't humongous. I mean, for can any, anything is big, right? For cancer, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, so as I'm reading this article and then I go and I move on and I do more research on these sonograms, I'm going, I mean, on these nanograms, shit, I keep calling them sonograms, but you'll understand why in a moment. When I do this research on the mammograms and what happens when you have a mammogram done or what could potentially happen when you have a mammogram done, doesn't happen to everybody, but it can potentially happen to you, Excuse me. Um, already have damaged cells in your breast, and you then go and squish those cells and put all this pressure on those cells and radiate them. Guess what? You have a concoction for cancer right there to myself, mammogram, make that, did I already have damaged cells in my milk duct, which I probably did, um, from milk that never, there was probably milk in there from my pregnancy from years ago that never got released, and those cells were probably damaged, or there, you know, something was obviously going on, and then I go and have this mammogram done, and then boom, 14 months later, I've got this two-and-a-half-centimeter tumor growing in my breast of triple-negative breast cancer, the worst, you know, the most lethal breast cancer that you could have. Um, just use those terms like most lethal, but those are the medical terms that they use. That's not my term because I, I won't own that, right? I don't own that. I'm still here almost two years later, right? Um, actually, it is two years later. So it's December of 21, December of 23 was two years, right? So two years in, uh, I'm still here, by the grace of God. Thank you, Jesus. So let me go to the studio and see. Uh, Cheryl, I guess that's you. Is that you that's on the board? I think that... Um, the 274 number, I'm pretty sure. Oh, you know what? That might be Big Fred. Um, 
I don't know anybody. Oh, that is Cheryl. Okay, that's you. All right, cool. So some research and reading those articles, and I implore you to do your research before you have treatment, before you have any testing done. In the event that you, you know, in the event that you get diagnosed with cancer, do research on even the testing, on the machines, the chemicals that they use, the, the dye, the contrast, all those things. Research on so much stuff, but I really didn't ever even think about the mammogram. Never even thought about it. Although I kind of knew about it, I just didn't even think about it. So... After you have this, so after my second mammogram, when I had found the, the cancer, when I found the tumor, of course my doctor said, okay, you need to go have a mammogram done. And, of course, I was like, okay, well, yeah, we need to have that done. Uh, so I go and I have it done. Immediately after, so they see something in the mammogram, and then they send me to another room, and I have a sonogram done. And for those of you that have ever had babies or been pregnant and have had or have had any kind of lady issues, they'll do a sonogram on you. It's the same thing as if they're, you know, looking at your belly and looking at the baby and stuff. So a sonogram on my breast, there it is. It just, it's radiating on, on, the, um, on the screen. So when she comes back, so when the doctor comes, when the doctor comes in after the tech leaves, the doctor comes in and, of course, she says, you know, we're um, – you know, thank God you found this early. And I'm like, found what early? Like, what are you talking about? And at that point, I knew, you know, that I had I had breast cancer. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm thinking to myself, let me, I'm hoping that that's not what this lady means. She's not saying it, right? She's not saying you have breast cancer. She just keeps saying, we're so glad that you found it early. So I'm like, okay, this is all it could mean. But then in my mind, I'm like, okay, maybe that's not what she means. Maybe she means something else. Um, maybe it's a cyst or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> so, of course, then, you know, it is the breast cancer or whatever, but that sonogram is what prompted them to then want to do the biopsy. And even the biopsies, those, if you need to have them, look into them. There's different types of biopsies. There's core needle biopsies. There's punch biopsies. There, so just look them up. Ones and different types of biopsies can cause different things, right? Certain biopsies can cause the cancer to actually break apart. If there's, you know, there's cancer in there, it'll cause it to break apart and spread out to different areas, right? Whether it's your breast, your lungs, I don't care where it is. Uh, I can only talk about my breast because that's all I experienced was my breast cancer. Be mindful of all of these things. You're going to be, everything's going to be in a rush, right? As soon as they find out that you have the the cancer or whatever it is, everything's going to be on a fast track. Slow down. Process the information that you were just given. Process everything. You don't have to make a decision in a moment's notice. If you have the cancer, it's probably been there for a little bit. It's 
going to still be there when you make your decision about whatever it is, whatever avenue you're going to take. Just stop, slow down, process the information, do your research, do your due diligence for yourself, and then go to the table with your oncologist, your family, your other doctors, whomever is going to be involved, then go to the table and sit with them and say, okay, I know that these are the options, these are some other, whatever your situation is, and then you have that conversation. Don't just go making decisions, boom, 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 because you feel. Like, you, oh, we got to hurry up. We got to get this done. The treatment now. You know, we got to start chemo now. We got to get radiation schedules going. No, you don't. If you ain't dead yet from the cancer, you're not going to be dead in three days from it probably. You can at least take 72 hours to process that C word because Man, that shit is tough. Woo. The breather. There are also some new, if Western medicine is your way, that's the way that you want to follow, that's the way that you want to go. There are some promising trials We've talked, we've spoken about this on the show several months ago. There are some promising trials out of the Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio. I believe they're going into phase four of a vaccine that will actually keep you developing triple negative breast cancer. When the cancer scene will then play and fight off what is the name of it? It's it's alpha um oh boy. We talked about this too and I don't have it right here in front of me, so I apologize. Uh I'll now look it up. Let me look it up because I don't want to misspeak. Um, shoot, it's alpha labetrin or some crap. It's, it's a protein found in triple negative breast cancer. Um, protein in NBC. Sorry, I'm gonna look this up. Uh, no, the breast that does not have acceptable hormones, estrogen. So, um, so just a quick. Uh, overview just for those of you that don't know, but uh, triple negative breast cancer, of course, is a type of breast cancer that doesn't have receptors for the hormones estrogen, progesterone, or a protein called HER2. So if you are being looked at for breast cancer, they're going to do all those. Uh, when, they, when they send your samples out, they're going to check that. They're going to check your breast cancer for those things. And if you don't, if all of those things are negative, then you will be diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. Um, it's alpha something. What the hell? 
let me look at this Cleveland Clinic and pull this article back up. Sorry, again, I don't have my laptop, and I don't know if I feel like going to the office. Cleveland Clinic, TMBC, clinical trials. Okay. Um, now, see, this only gives me the February update, because I can actually find the, that update for the trials, but it only gives me February of 2023, and we've already talked, we've spoken about that, but there's another phase of trials happening with um, with that same, with the same, that same trial, that same clinic. Let me see if I can go to their website, and I'll show you what. Um, Triple negative breast. Okay, triple negative breast cancer prevention vaccine. Okay, so if you go to my.clevelandclinic.org, that's my.clevelandclinic.org, clevelandclinic.org. You can actually uh, just search in the search bar. Search T. T is in Tom, N is in Nancy, B is in Boy, C is in Charlie, which stands for triple negative breast cancer. And you'll see the story here. And I'm I'm just trying to see if I can get the latest, but I do want to get the name of that protein again. Oh my gosh, why can't I find this? Okay, I knew it was alpha. Okay, it's alpha lactobumin protein. So this vaccine is supposed to ward off expression alpha lactobumin protein because that overexpression of that is what actually causes the triple negative breast cancer according to Western medicine, okay? Uh, all of this, again, is according to Western medicine. So now for those of you, again, that don't know, I did not go the Western medicine route, okay? I just, for me, just wasn't my thing. I didn't do it. Um. I went surgery and holistic food, nutrition. I won't say holistic. I'll say food and nutrition. That's the route that I went. So um, that is for you, and you have triple negative breast cancer. I will say that based off of the research that I've done and the information that I've found, if I was going to do, if I was going to go that route and do Western medicine route, I would contact Cleveland Clinic and find out about this trial and see if I could get into this trial. Now they have given it to women that have actually had triple negative breast cancer and since either had some type of surgery to remove it of chemo or radiation, some some type of treatment, and then and then they were you know, in remission, and then they got the vaccine. And studied this for 20 years before they actually did human trials, and the human trials started a few years back. So since the human trials have started, no one has been re-diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. They haven't seen any side effects. Again, it's still in the early stages, 
But if that was if that was something that I was going to do, that that route, I would contact them because they have been studying it for 20 years. Uh, but again, you know, everybody that knows me knows that that's just not I, for me. I can't do it. I just I don't think that that's my way, but I think that that is the way for some other people because I've seen them go through chemo and radiation and be fine on the other side. But for me, I wouldn't, and I wasn't. I tried. Tried, and I failed. I'm just, I'm just trying to open my car window without making any noise, but that's not going to happen. So I tried, and, you know, that didn't work for me. Um, so if you um, – with breast cancer, if you are diagnosed with breast cancer, regardless of even the type of breast cancer, just do your research. There are lots, and, and again, if you're going to go that route, there's several trials out there. It's not just for triple negative breast cancer at the Cleveland Clinic. There's all kinds of trials, and there are trials everywhere across the country. I had a friend, his name is Brian. Uh, he is, I think he's from Jersey. He's a Jersey or Philly. But he was diagnosed with leukemia, which is a blood cancer. And blood cancer, chemotherapy does very well with blood cancers. I don't know why. I don't know what the difference is. But, it, but according to research and, and from what I've seen myself, just with Brian, well, with Brian and some of the other people that he has, you know, befriended through his journey, they have all done really well with, there was a trial that he got into at Sloan Kettering's in Manhattan, uh, in, in the city in New York. And, you know, they have satellite places like satellite hospitals or whatever all across, you know, all across at least the Northeast and he was able to get into a place in New Jersey, and he did have treatment done. He went for several rounds of chemo. I'm not sure if he did radiation, but I know that he was doing chemo in that trial. And right now he is cancer-free. He just went for some scans or and, and had some blood work and stuff done, and right now he's in remission. He's cancer-free. So that trial worked well for him, and he's flourishing in his life. Uh, the cancer actually you know, brought him to places and he's been able to see things and meet people that he's never, that he never thought possible through his journey through uh, through, through uh, blood cancer. So I do think that that does work for some people. I just don't think that it works for everybody. And you have to see what works for you. Um, there was something else that I wanted to cover. I kind of want to, I kind of want to do like varieties of stuff on the show, even though it is, you know, it is supposed to be about, you know, my journey through cancer. I, there's so many other things happening in life, right? And there's so much other stuff that I do want to talk about, but I kind of don't want to be like, oh, okay, well, I'm not talking about cancer at all today. So with that being said, I do want to, I want to talk about something on a lighter note, um, Maybe not so much on a lighter note for some people, but for me it was kind of, you know, comedic. I I, I definitely had my laugh. Um, I wanted to talk about, uh, for those of you that don't live under a rock, you'll know who Shannon Sharp is, Hall of Famer, tight end, um, 
like third third number three in in best tight end in history or some something like that. Uh, Shannon Sharp did an interview with Cat Williams. All right, Cheryl, I see your hand, and I'm gonna let you in in just a second. So. I just I didn't even know he was doing an interview with him, right? But I just happened to be scrolling through social media, probably on TikTok or some shit, and I saw this video with Cat Williams and Shannon Sharp, and they both had a bottle of brandy in front of them. They each had their own bottle, um, and their oh, you know, of course, their own glass. And Shannon's on one side, and Cat's on the other side, and they start talking about Hollywood and, um, you know, some famous actors and directors and writers and comedians. And I was like, the shit he was I was like, oh, my God. Some of the stuff that he said, I'll, I'll get into that. Oh, Shirley, I'm going I'm to go ahead and uh, unmute your mic. I'll let you in. So everybody that doesn't know, this is Shirley, uh, my friend. She also has a show on Blog Talk as well called Looking for My Give a Fuck. And that word is spelled F-U-K-K, not F-U-C-K. Uh, and she does her show every Sunday at from 9 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So, Shirley, I'm going to open up your mic. Hi, good, good morning. Afternoon. Good afternoon. Hello. Listen, um, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. You yeah, want to say something hear, about hear, my... yes, Yeah, I can hear um, I had. I have no idea who he was, but I watched the interview. He was good-looking. He let Kat it was a cool environment so therefore just because I don't know he plays football and he's a tight end see I got it from earlier today see but I was able to be a part of the Cat Williams video see I am still knowing mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway listen I just have a quick thing about Cat Williams um, and I told you about this on my show earlier I worked at Beverly Hills on a building on Wilshire and La Cienega the person, I guess, was an agent or someone that worked for and or owed Cat Williams some money was on our ninth floor. We hear about this person making this noise in the lobby of this building. Now, the only reason they couldn't put him completely out was because Bank of America was, in, you know, was on that first floor. So I kind of went down to see what was going on because all I was hearing people saying was this little nigger is acting a fool, and they swear to God they were saying that. Like, what? Oh my God! They said that, that, Cheryl. Wait a minute! That voice sounds like a yeah, yeah, yeah. He was really yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was going off, and I was like, Oh my God! I'm so embarrassed. But then I listened to what he was saying. What was going off? He goes, I want my motherfucking money. I'm not leaving here till y'all give me my money. You ain't gonna let me go up the fucking elevator, then I'll stay down here in the lobby because I want my motherfucking money. You won't let my agent up there. I get up there. I mean, that nigga went off. And what happened, like I said, I was on the ninth floor where he was trying to get to. So what happens is people get in the hallway, and, you know, they're Jewish people. People get to talking. And they did owe him some money. And they were just saying they were afraid to have him come up and wonder if the dollar amount wasn't right. They were just fearful. They really were afraid. They called security and everyone. They were just like, at some point, give the man his money. And ultimately, after about 30 minutes of just, Raising hell, raising pain, right? Um, I believe someone went down, or I think his security guard, he agreed to this. Williams was outside the building, maybe, and his people could come and get it. But he would not be allowed back in that building. 
And, you know, he wasn't. And all I'm saying is everyone was talking about how crazy he was. And I didn't know comedy, and I didn't really have any dog in the race. I just thought he was getting his money. Because I know a lot of people, and you know some of them marry through me, they'd be going to get their money, and they got to act a little ignorant. Because some people be acting like they don't owe you money. So I, I, I was very accustomed to how you got to get ugly, right? And um, it turned out he was right. And it turned out he wasn't crazy. It was embarrassing. Here he goes walking to this building, and he's about 5'4 on a good day, and I'm not being funny. And you have five or ten security guards around him like he was a criminal. And he was just like, you know, fuck you guys. So the bottom line is like he was the size of the rock. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And and everyone that was black in there who knew him knew he was right. But we were like, I, I went down to see, and I just saw this little guy just kind of going off but again because of my experiences working knowing mr j king when they play with your money you you go you be serious about it especially in our hold on this he told him to come and do something pick up a check or sign something and then to be stopped when you are doing what you're told to do which is a month off you know what i mean which just piss them off and it really did from that point i had saw him another time he, he has never been a person that's gonna lie I mean, I think it was uh, somewhere I saw him. You know, he didn't have to know you, but he sure did look at my hair going, girl, you really need to cut that shit. I mean, you know, <laughs> he, he was, it, was, it was my hair looking real raggedy that day. You know, because he'll, he'll call you out on it, and that's his personality. Um, so when I saw the interview, I was kid. I don't know how, I, how, I, how it came about. Um, I didn't know Mr. Shay Shay or what's his name? Kay Shay. I didn't know him. Shannon. It's Shannon. Oh, God. Cheryl. Cheryl. Cheryl, you got to get it right. Okay. Because the, the man right. deserves his respect. It's Shannon Sharp. I'm, <laughs> the fact that I even saw his show, he gets a lot of respect for me because, I mean, unless you're second up there with, you know, the, the big man of North, I don't give a damn who he is. No. I watched the show, and that's what I was going to say about it. I didn't have to know who he was. This is the, the kicker. I didn't go in there because of him. I knew I went in there because um, being aware of what Cat Williams is about. So I'm glad I met this new person without knowing who he is because I liked him as an individual. I didn't even know how important he was in football until a couple of days ago when you even, you know, told me more about it today. But more importantly, he allowed Cat to speak. He giggled, you know, but he also said, "Man, I don't agree." It was like speaking it with your homeboy, no errors. And right. that's what I liked about. And I, I can honestly say, I, I, I mean, I don't know about most of the people Kat was talking about. I mean, I don't know personally, but I know him personally. And what does he have to lose telling the truth? What does he have to lose? I mean, honestly, I think they were trying to suffocate him, remove him, disappear him, as they call it. In 1983 cases, that's, by the way, when cops try to kill people. They're called 1983 cases. Anyway, they were trying to disappear him. That's what this man said when the cops were trying to kill him. It was funny. But... Whatever it may be, he was just basically saying, y'all, come on now. I, I can't be too wrong because everything I'm saying, it, it, it makes sense, you know. Um, and that's pretty much all I have to say about Mr. Williams. I, mean, I appreciate him. I appreciate his authenticity. Uh, authenticity I can't talk. I appreciate him the fact being mad at Hollywood for not giving him his money, but he was a crazy person for years. And I hope that whatever comes out of this, he gets his props. Because he has always rang the bell on the shit. He's always called people out. And um, he hasn't been wrong so far. Go ahead. Are you right about that? You are right about that. <laughs> so I didn't even know. You know, 
for me, uh, you live you live in Cali, right? Like, so I I grew yeah. up in New York. For those people that don't know, I grew up in New York. Shirley grew up in Cali. No, and of course in New York, you know we. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, but but you moved to Cali at an early at a young age, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, but I don't want to okay. be a part of California. Live in Los Angeles and have a lot of okay. people that are active in the entertainment industry. There you go. Okay, so that that was really my point, right? So yeah, and you know, living in New York, you meet people. You know, I've met uh, you know rappers and uh, you know artists and things like that. But you but you don't you're not. I, I wasn't in a position where I was rubbing noses with any of these people or whatever. I don't I don't know shit about it, right? And I really never cared about what was going on in the inside. I only cared about music. Um, and and same thing with with uh, with other and other forms of entertainment. And there's a lot of times when you'll call me and say, "Girl, did you hear this?" I'm like, "Shit, no, I didn't hear that." And then I get on TMZ and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, now I know." Um, I just I don't keep up with those things because it's just I don't know. It's just not something that I keep up with. Regardless, anyway. So when I heard yeah. some of the things that he was saying, I mean. I can, they're fathomable, right? Mm-hmm. right. In, in a way. And then I'm like, damn, I'm like, it's really going on like that? Like, I had just read the, you know, some of the people that were on the list from that Harvey Weinstein shit or whoever it was. Um, you know, I had, I had just read an article about that because there was a list that came out of people and, then, you know, I see this interview with Shannon Sharp and Cat Williams. I was just shocked that Shannon Sharp was interviewing Cat Williams, but I guess I didn't know Shannon Sharp was doing interviews with all different types of people, you know, all different kinds of people. I'm thinking he's sticking with, with sports, but he's not. Absolutely not. So, no. but some and of the shit I that Cat said, I was like, Can I, Mary, let me yeah, yeah, go because ahead. the important part that I read about um, Cat Williams being on the show was that the host um, was very fair. A lot of people have gone on that show and were able to just be who they were, they are, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, it's from all different realms. So this guy, Che Che, the show, he's very cool. And um, that's why everyone goes on it. I believe there were other um, comedians that were on also. But the funny thing is, if if they say something funny, he's going to laugh. He's going to be like, man, but I'm good friends with that person. Man. I like that person. That was what that's what was making me that was making me laugh because when Cat would say something, he's like, "Man, that no, nah, man, come on, man, I know that person." And that's usually how things are discussed in you know behind closed doors. Well, so I love the way he played both things. Uh huh. Yeah, he did. He he, and he. I think he was fair. I think he was very fair with the way that Absolutely. he he you know held himself. One of the <laughs> One of the most interesting and disheartening things that I heard Cat Williams say was, well, not one of, it was many, uh, <laughs> the, the stuff he said about Steve Harvey. Not that I'm saying I'm a huge Steve Harvey fan and I never really have been, but there are some things that I've heard Steve Harvey say that I've watched him do and I've been really touched by that. Like I've literally – you, everybody knows that I'm a freaking crybaby, so I cry at the drop of a hat, right? I'm very emotional. Mm-hmm. So I've heard Steve Harvey tell his story about being homeless on many oh. fucking occasions. And excuse my French, I say that word because it pisses me off. I've heard him yeah. tell that story and actually yeah. bring people on his show to corroborate yeah. that story of living yeah. in his car. And then here Cat Williams is going – 
that's my story, bro. You wasn't never living in your car. You were going to the lab factory or wherever the hell he was performing with so-and-so and making $3,000 a night. You weren't homeless. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, how fake can people be? Like, you've already made it. Why do you still need to lie? You know, so that's how well, I'm so, looking at, like, mm-hmm. Steve Harvey. Like, you, you've already mm-hmm. made it, bro, so why do you have to lie? You know, what's the well, point? And then the shit that he said about – go ahead. I was going to say, I, I don't think he's already made it and he decided to lie. A part of his making it was using the story to, you know, to bolster or whatever. Um, I think that a lot of people that are trying to do something and they throw in everything they have, they might not necessarily be homeless, but they might be on their last dime or dollar or whatever. I'm quite surprised that um, Steve Harvey, because I, I do remember the story going, damn. So every time I hear that story, I give him props as to where he is now. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, every, Hollywood's a facade, so people do lie. My question there was, um, how come Kat didn't say anything earlier? Now, part of that, I think, is because Kat gave these guys their past. You know what I mean? He's like, you know what, I'm not going to trip. But then, then I guess 20 years later, now he's pissed or something. You know, which is okay. Well, I'm thinking to myself, does some of this have to do with that Jaguar chick, right? Because you know that Jaguar chick, I can't remember. She wrote, she's written um, some music for uh, quite a few people. I think her name is Jaguar, if, I, if I'm if i correct. Jag- Jaguar, Wright. Been... her last name is Wright. Right, W-I- exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, it said I have 90 seconds. Okay, well, we're definitely going to talk about this again
and we're going to talk about some crazy. Next week, we're also going to talk about some funny and crazy stories that I have from my part-time job at BJ's Wholesale Club. People in today's day and age are like really need to learn some patience and really need to prioritize what they get upset about. So we'll talk about those crazy antics next week and the week following and the week following because every week it seems to be another thing. Um, so until then, love you all. Have a great week to come, and I'll see you next Sunday.